Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights, conversations exploring network transformation through interviews with industry experts. Hello, my name is Renu Navle, and I'm your host for today's Chip Chat Network Insights. I am delighted to have Richard Piacentin with us. He is the Chief Strategy and Marketing Officer for Acedian. Richard, welcome. I know this is your first time on Chip Chat Network Insights. Good morning, uh, Renu, and it's a, it's a genuine pleasure. Uh, thanks for having uh, myself and Exceedian here today. Uh, you know, it's not often that I get to uh, talk about one of my favorite subjects and actually connect it to business. And so gaming is a, is a great subject. So really looking forward to the conversation. So Richard, I think a lot of our listeners don't know who or what Acedian does. So why don't we start with a little bit of background about your role as well as Acedian? Sure. So I'll start with Exceedian because I think that's probably more important than myself. Uh, Exceedian is the uh, world's leader in network and application performance management. We serve businesses and communities around the world, optimizing not only infrastructure and infrastructure performance, but also optimizing users' experience of the applications that they consume, whether those applications are provided to them by local, you know, local data centers, local networks, whether that's a hybrid cloud environment or whether that's, a, you know, pure cloud application delivery. And uh, we have a variety of software solutions and remote compute options for hard-to-reach areas that provide really a seamless network and application performance management solution for service providers and enterprises worldwide. With respect to myself, I have a great job. I get to talk to folks like yourself and your community. I have the opportunity to look out three to five years for the company. And really when I'm doing that, I am trying to intercept the challenges that my customers and communities are going to face in the future, the challenges and the opportunities, and making sure that our products and our product roadmaps are optimized to meet those challenges far in the future. I then have the opportunity as the chief marketing officer to take that vision of where we're going and the concrete plans and then turn it into the calls to action and systems and processes that we uh, we deploy in the near term. So over the kind of the operating uh, window of the company, which is around 18 months. So as you look out into the future, um, how do you see gaming being revolutionized and with the imminent arrival of 5G, how does 5G help further revolutionize uh, gaming? So how much time do we have, Rene? I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I, can, uh, I can talk on this, uh, this, these particular subjects ad nauseum, but before I do anything, I just want to put in a plug for unlocked Intel processors. So I am currently running a gaming rig that is uh, operating at just shy of 5 gig. It's on an old-school uh, Intel unlocked uh, processor, and I love it all day long. So I just thought I'd you know, put that out there. Um, gaming. Gaming over the next uh, three to five years. And you talked about a revolution, Renu. That's interesting. Um, I would actually say that the revolution in gaming has already happened. It's upon us. I'm not going to have the latest and greatest and best statistics, but you know, gaming is a $190 billion a year business today. And it is, uh, particularly when we think about some of the situations that we all find ourselves in, in this most recent global situation, you know, gaming is, is a community. And it's a community of folks that, you know, maybe in, in different variations, people would gather, uh, you know, to play soccer, to play basketball, run around in the park. 
uh, gamers around the world congregate, you know, to do something that they love, and they do it in, in a massively online environment. Uh, so that revolution is already here. You know, and I don't think I need to tell any of your listeners that. When I think about, you know, what's going to change in gaming, what's, what's going to make the gaming experience better, that's really where some of those technologies you referenced come in. 5G is super important, and I will, I will talk a little bit about how I see 5G affecting the gamer's experience and massively what's possible. But also there are opportunities that are being presented by uh, the edge, which isn't a radio access specific. So if you think about 5G, 5G is kind of two different things. It's a core change in access technology. It's an amazing one. You know, we're talking gigabit to a device, but perhaps more importantly for the gaming universe, we're talking about, uh, you know, sub 20 second, 20 millisecond delay across a mobile network and the ability, most importantly, to guarantee quality of service. And I'll come back to that in a minute. But the other thing that 5G from an architectural perspective brings to the table, particularly for service providers, is the idea of mobile edge compute or network edge compute, and then the ability to, again, manage compute resources in a near cloud environment to optimize the experience for a user. So, you know, what does that all that mean? Right now, you know, uh, I happen to be, um, I'm somewhat embarrassed to say, a Fortnite player, and you can imagine the shock and surprise to those poor young men and women when they, uh, the squad lights up and they hear this voice uh, and everybody's concerned that their father has dialed into their particular game. You know, we are, we are seeing uh, sort of the battle royale format, you know, really taking dominance in the gaming industry. So what does that mean from a technology perspective, right? So already gaming as a service, if you will, is being offered on, you know, the current cloud and access network technologies we have. You know, fortunately or unfortunately, what that means is all the players are essentially, you know, there's a highly varying degree of access between, you know, an individual player, their infrastructure in their home, their internet connectivity, and then up into the, uh, you know, the cloud data center that the particular game or gaming universe that they're playing on is hosted. And there's a lot of variables in that experience. And that experience is really important. Gamers are a uh, performance-oriented culture. We'll spend 200 bucks on a wireless mouse because it, it has lower lag. Kind of ridiculous when you're a 50-year-old like myself because my reflexes are not such that they'll benefit from that. But gamers will pay money to have improved performance in the systems that they use to play. Just like road bikers will buy carbon fiber bikes you know, to optimize their uh, ability to compete, gamers do the same thing. And yeah, we see this sort of... Um, unmanaged experience between the universe that they're playing in and where they are themselves. And so the use of edge clouds uh, to optimize the current gaming experience is happening as we speak. And you're also seeing the rise of streaming gaming. So Stadia, uh, Shield, and some other uh, ecosystems. That's a really interesting use case. And in order to make that scale and to perform at the level, and, and just for everybody's reference, to do rendering in the cloud is a massive step function in complexity in the gaming experience. So current gaming as a universe is really all the rendering and the execution of the world model is happening in the end client device. 
and then really it's just position and action that's going into the cloud. Uh, when you have gaming, you know, like a Stadia type service, uh, not only do you have to manage the universe and its physics, but you also have to manage the rendering side of it. Now that's a great thing because it, it really lowers the barrier to entry for gaming for the end user, but then it creates a massive technology problem on the side of the, uh, the provider of that service. Technology is embedded in 5G and 5G Edge, as well as current Edge technologies uh, have a massive role to play in optimizing that experience. Richard, can you expand a little bit on what Intel technologies, uh, including our processors and other technologies, are being used to you know, achieve the level of performance or quality of service or quality of experience that you need to deliver to your customers for gaming? And also you mentioned, you know, rendering is very complex. Are the Intel technologies that you're using to help achieve the performance that you need for rendering as well? Well, that's a great question. Um, and, you know, the first thing I should probably say is that I'm not an expert on uh, data center chipsets, but I will say that the virtualization support in Intel chipsets is probably second to none. I'm sure you guys can comment more uh, eloquently on that. However, you know, as we move to a space in which the cloud, be it edge or core, has to do rendering, then the ability to have high-performance data centers that allow for direct hardware access, et cetera, to optimize experience are critical. And I know that Intel leads uh, the industry in both defining what those standards look like and then executing the hardware platforms that are required. When it comes to the uh, end-user devices, I mean, in the end, most, if not all of us, are using some variant of Intel chipsets in the devices and the systems that we, uh, we capitalize on for our gaming experience. You know, as I said earlier, uh, my gaming rigs, and I've built many, many generations of them, have always built, been built on unlocked Intel core processors. And, uh, you know, I've never, I've never seen any other ecosystem that's as effective for the gaming experience as, as one built on Intel. That's, that's wonderful to hear. So, Richard, can you also expand on how critical is mobile edge computing or network edge computing for gaming, and how do you see it evolving to support gaming as a service? So, as I touched on at a high level before, the current online gaming experience is basically characterized by a, uh, an end device that is handling the heavy lifting for the rendering and the uh, display and input output for the, uh, for the player. And then you have a, what I call a commodity cloud, which is hosting a universe, you know, somewhere in a power and space optimized data center, which can be very, very far from the gamer. And then in between them is a indeterminate internet access link. So how do I see this evolving? What's critical in this, I think, is the idea that gamers are willing to pay for performance. That's evidenced in a lot of different ways, whether it's the screens, whether it's the hardware, whether it's the mice, you know, so on and so forth. So the first evolutionary step is, you know, if you're hosting a game universe and you want to optimize responsiveness for a community of players, mobile edge compute or network edge can be used to put the processing load for managing the universe for that player as close to the player as possible. So that's an edge use case. Now, edges and air quotes can be the mobile edge compute, right? And so mobile providers generally around the world will have data centers uh, closer to end users than anybody else. Um, and that's just, the, that's just the result of the natural evolution of mobile networks around the world. 
you know, they started off as, you know, kind of like central office switching systems. And, and the net result was is that there are buildings with power and air conditioning that over the years have turned into many data centers that are used to run the mobile networks. The result is, is that there are cloud stacks located in data centers in the mobile networks closer to end users anywhere else. So they, the mobile edge provides an opportunity for a game universe host to migrate their processing loads closer to their end users. But that's still a model where the end device, the gamer's rig, is a very high-powered device, be it a console, be it a PC, doesn't matter. The next step of evolution is actually to have streaming gaming, which where the rendering is done in the uh, cloud universe. And when you get to that use case, performance will definitely be impacted by the ability to move not just the, you know, the general compute requirements of the universe, but also the data center GPU capacity at the edge. Those will be used to maximize the performance for players. On the access side, and so having guaranteed performance on the access side, you can just imagine, if you will, you're getting ready to jump on a it's Friday night. You've got a dedicated squad that you play Fortnite with. You're getting ready to compete. And you want to optimize your experience for that two hours or four hours or whatever it is that you're going to be playing on Friday night. You can imagine a button that says, make me faster on your screen. And when you push that button, you are agreeing to pay a certain amount per month more to your service provider to make sure you have guaranteed quality of service as part of your gaming experience. So whether that's lower latency, guaranteed packet loss, a bunch of different things that gamers think about, you have the ability to on-demand consume. That creates an enormous revenue opportunity for service providers around the world. And in concert with gaming as a universe providers, the uh, access providers who ultimately own a financial relationship with the end gamer and also control the access in the sense that they're the ones that are providing the Internet access to the games that are of interest, uh, there's an opportunity to optimize the uh, gamer's experience on an on-demand basis. But there's an important critical item that has to be in place. And that's what we at Exceeding call a trust model. Trust model is really a metaphor for the idea that when I push that button, the make me faster button in Fortnite as an example, I know I am going to get a guaranteed service. In order to do that, the service provider, the gaming as a universe provider, the game studio provider, et cetera, all have to have a common method for measuring the performance that they're providing to that, that end user. That's where Exceeding comes in. We are that common trust model. So using our systems, we provide the ability for the folks in that ecosystem to provide that service to the gamer, to guarantee that quality of service, and then almost more importantly, to optimize it in real time. So, you know, be continuously analyzing the performance of a particular network connection, for lack of a better word, and then optimizing it to maintain the quality that has been promised to the end user. Uh, help me understand what my sons are doing when they're gaming and how the future of their gaming experience can change with Acedian Technologies. Uh, so, so, Richard, what's, what's next for Acedian and what, what in 2020 is going to be more, most exciting for you and for Acedian? Well, uh, there's a few big things on the horizon, but you know, connected to everything we've just been talking about, when you think about establishing, I'll call it the performance-optimized gaming experience, okay? When you think about establishing that, it's critical that you have a common trust model, like I've already discussed, and, you know, and providing those systems is, is of critical importance to Exceedian. But the other thing that's really important 
is, you know, an open ecosystem for capitalizing on edge. One of the things that's on the near horizon, uh, Exceedian is part of a cloud stack in the cloud ecosystem that I would encourage your listeners to go and take a look at. It's something called Mobile Edge X. It's a open edge stack that allows for a common marketplace for capitalizing on edge compute capability. So really what that means is sitting alongside the cloud stacks as an example to run the mobile network or sitting alongside the cloud stack to provide know, general compute in the cloud, you would have a open stack, which allows for, you know, if you're gaming as a universe provider, instead of having to worry about how do I capitalize on the AT&T edge? How do I capitalize on the Verizon edge? How do I capitalize on the Vodafone edge? Uh, you know, do I have to rewrite my games and my APIs in order to understand every single variation and combination of infrastructure? By creating an open ecosystem for the edge, Mobile EdgeX is, means that uh, developers and infrastructure have a common metaphor by which they allow access to uh, controlling the experience for the gamer. That's super important. To the extent that, you know, gaming as a service is a series of one-off developments between subsets, it's never going to scale. In order to scale, we have to create an ecosystem. In order to create an ecosystem, it absolutely has to be open. And that's what Mobile EdgeX. So I would encourage your listeners to uh, to take a peek at that. You know, what do I think will change five years from now? Uh, I'm a big proponent of AR. I also think VR is pretty darn cool. But augmented reality is, a, is I think, a near-term step change in how society interacts. And what do I mean by that? I mean... You know, the convergence of your digital universe and the real world around you is already near and dear to everyone, uh, and it's becoming even more so. And capitalizing on edge compute, you know, using a variety of different technologies, be they 5G or otherwise, but capitalizing on edge compute and guaranteed performance is going to be critical for AR or augmented reality. And I think, you know, as we look forward to the next five years, all of us are going to get used to the idea that elements that are important to us in our digital universe will be superimposed in the world around us in our visual fields. Um, and that's super exciting from my perspective. That is a future that I'm looking forward to as well. So, Richard, it's been a pleasure having you on the program today. If folks are listening online and if they want to find out more information about Acedian, where would you send them and how can they engage with your team? Sure. Um, you know, uh, first, I'd just say uh, www.exedian.com is a great place to start. And, uh, you know, we have uh, representation in all geographies around the world. If you're interested, uh, just click contact me and uh, somebody will be in touch with, uh, with your listener uh, immediately. Thank you, Richard. Thank you again for being on the program. And we look forward to having you back again on Chip Chat Network Insights. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. 